he smokes the bum all the good old days. You don't have to explain it. It's just the way you are. That country's in your blood now, ain't it? Like a tattoo on your heart. With this hell yeah inside of you, you let out on a Friday night. And some people might call it wrong, but right here, yeah, everything's just right. It's called raised rowdy. Dude, yeah, it's uh ever like so I found your music through Boogie originally. Um and he was like, dude, do you know my dude Nate? It was like before I met you, like way before, and I was like, No, dude, I don't. And he was like, dude, you gotta check him out. So that's how I find you originally. The Boogie. Yeah. He Mr. comes through. Mr. He, Boogie. He's he's a fella. He's a fella. Well, dude, that's the thing too. Like, there's there's no right way to do what I do, right? Or to do what our team does, right? So like I'll have one of my writers come to me and be like, yo, check this out. Or just like like Boogie, like a good music friend. You know what I mean? And uh, then that's how you find stuff. You know, it's word of mouth. It's grassroots. And that's kind of like what Rage Rowdy is, you know? And uh, that's what the country music scene is really, you know? So it's... Uh, it's cool to get to. I've got to hang with you a few times now. Yeah, and uh, it's good to sit down and hey, get to talk with you. I'm dude. excited. I'm glad yeah. to be here. Well, thank you so much for bringing this uh, delicious beer here. We we got some beer here, so we've got Ghost in the Machine, folks. Dude, Ghost back at home Machine. from Parish Brewing Company. This is my favorite beer, favorite. And uh, so Boogie, um, his buddy John works at that uh, bar down in Atlanta, and he's got a connection for this beer, which I shouldn't say because everybody's gonna hit him up now. But uh, <laughs> but he showed up with a case of it the other day. I was like, here you go, come on. So I wanted you to actually try this. Hell yeah! So it's um, from Louisiana. Yep, dude. It's it's a New England IPA, which is my favorite style of beer. I, I love but, them as well. But if you're gonna have a New England, yeah, this is the one. That's in my opinion. One. In my opinion, I mean, it's yeah. not Treehouse, but to me, it's world class. It's absolutely insane so i'm a man of uh, many beers right so okay. you you can find me drinking a cold bush light or you can find me drinking a imperial stout or a sour or um, think about that color delicious hazy you know about IPA. That? oh dude it smells so beautiful have you ever seen a hazier beer in your life have you i don't think so how's a fella nice oh, if man. i can see through it, it it's beautiful. not right give it a little give it a little smell ski a little, little noseroo Ooh. you know what, what are you getting here notes wise here <laughs> Um, it smells like delicious. Oh God. Uh, stone fruit, um, joy and happiness. What Cheers. Do you get? Cheers, brother. There it is. Thank you. Ghost in the machine. Here we go. Down uh, the hatch. Parish Brewing Company. You should probably sponsor Mr. Nate Smith. I would die. I would yeah. die. <laughs> Let me know what you think, man. Did you already sip it? Dude. Yeah. It's delicious. Dude. It's so good. I love hazy IPAs. So like, um, before I moved down here in Pittsburgh, there's a place called Dancing Gnome. And that's like the hazy IPA place up there. Oh, really? So there's a lot of places that have like good hazy IPAs, but they are like all hazy IPAs. So they do some other stuff. Like they'll do like a stout and they'll do some sours. Oh, but dude. Oh, their hazy IPAs them. are all like bomb. So And this so, is fresh too. 107 dude, is when this was bottled. Yeah. So it's very, very fresh. But yeah, man, um, people people might know that I'd like Bush Light because I talk about it a lot. But um, I also just like good beer and i'm like Same. i uh, i like good beer and good cigars and uh yeah i mean have 
pretty much all the vices, you know, all the things that are you're very masculine. slightly bad, bad for you. You know, I like all of those things. <laughs> but it, all your things are very masculine. You know, you got you got sure. the cigar. You yeah. got the. But you know what? Anybody can. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's just kind of like it's tough. You're tough. Is what Dude, I'm trying to so, say. Yeah, I'm definitely not tough. But <laughs> uh, some of the coolest girls I know down here in Nashville are. Beer and cigar smoker or beer drinkers. Come on, yeah, come dude. on! I love that. Megan Patrick is a big cigar smoker, dude. Um, she's probably like the baddest bitch in country music. If I'm just gonna be honest, hell yeah! Uh, it's like it's like her, or Ashley McBride. Like if they were in a fight together as a tag team, I would take them against anyone in the world. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> well, dude, That's you're awesome. from uh, you're literally from Paradise. Yep, Paradise, California, little small town north of Sacramento. And That's crazy. I was like, you literally lived in Paradise, dude. Yep. Did you think about that growing up? Yeah, <laughs> I did. We, we'd always joke because we're like, this, this, this little shithole is, you know. That's what we thought of it, you know. At the yeah. time, we we're like, like we thought, like, oh my gosh, like this is Paradise, and it says on the sign when you go in there, to all its, let it be all its name implies, baby. Yeah. You know, you're like, wow, you know. But it's weird because it burnt down and stuff. Like honestly, you look back and you're like, now it's gone. So then you're yeah. like. Oh, you know, like I did love it. Like it was special. It was, right. you know, like everything to us. But at the time it was like, I don't want to be stuck in this town for the rest of my life. Like yeah. everybody felt like that. You know, I feel like every person that's in a small town kind of lives in that world, specifically when they're younger. Right. Yeah. So my town wasn't incredibly, particularly small, but it was small compared to big city living. I lived, I grew up about halfway between Pittsburgh and West Virginia. Um, so a little town called Connellsville. And yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, I always thought about getting out right now I am yep. out, but when I go back and visit my parents, my parents are still there. So I go back and visit them and you know, not everything's the same, but there's certain things that I pass by and I get really nostalgic for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's uh, some of what makes good country songs, right? Hey, I think so. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so dude, let's talk about like your story, man. So I know we talked and you said that you were in Nashville before and mm-hmm. then you came back. So let's talk a little bit about your original um, trek to Nashville and then what brought you back to it. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy story. I'll have to do a little bit of a monologue here if yeah, that's all right. You know, go, um, go. But but basically, 10 years ago, um, I got a development deal offered from Word Records, mm-hmm. like in Christian music, you know, mm-hmm. and didn't know what I was doing. Had no idea. And I remember they flew me out and like they paid for my flights. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it was just like this whole like thing, you know? Yeah. And ended up cutting a few songs with Jason Ingram. Heck yeah. And, uh, they uh, they were like you know what let's do a full on record deal I'm like oh my gosh this is like not even ha- this is not real like, yeah. wow you know <laughs> and so I made the big move out here and um, I came out and um, started writing songs for my record and was negotiating the long form and stuff and uh, it was crazy I ended up meeting this girl <laughs> you know um, she was my next door neighbor you know yeah. super hot super yeah. cool she was like smoking cigarettes and no uh but she just she was just rad and like everybody liked her and i ended up just like falling like madly in love with her and like so that kind of started you know in the middle of like being here and being new in town and stuff like that um and then um after about six months of the word records thing it sort of fell apart my a and r left the label and i was like now what am i gonna do you know what i mean and uh so basically a few weeks after that he was like this like young artist wants to sing one of your songs. So you have your first cut and I'm like, what's a cut? You know, like I didn't even yeah. know what that was. Like <laughs> he's like, if you thought about writing songs, I'm like, I mean like, like just doing that for a while and seeing how that goes. I'm like, sure. And he's like, well, why don't you sign with us over at centricity music? So I signed at centricity as a songwriter for a few years and, um, wrote with a bunch of different, uh, writers and artists and stuff. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of a crazy thing, but I ended up, um, the relationship, I ended up marrying that girl. 
Heck yeah. We, uh, we eloped. We did the whole thing, you know, just like went for it. I think I proposed with a pop ring. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was just like, I just was so like, just wasn't really thinking things through, you know? And, yeah. uh, and it, and it went really bad, yeah. like really, <laughs> really, yeah. really bad. <laughs> You'd think it would go, I mean, it'd be nice if it was like, oh, that was how they were happily ever after, but it did not go that go way that for way. us. Like, yeah. so I'm super responsible for being just a, I was just an ass and just a pain in the ass. I'd say, you know, we just, we both had our things that we, you know, struggle with or whatever. And yeah. it just didn't work out. And uh, it was so painful. I ended up like moving back to California to be with my family. Um, and like centricity was like, if you leave Nashville, like that's kind of it, you know, yeah. we need you here in town if you're going to write songs, you know right. what I mean? Um, so it was kind of a deal where I was like, all right, well then peace out. So I'm out of here. And then I moved back home. So yeah. ended up working at a church for a few years, uh, doing, um, worship leading. I worked for Uber, drove around teeth, um, for <laughs> a dental lab, <laughs> just did a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then let's talk about how you got back here to town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I was living in paradise, California where my brother, my brother was there too. And, uh, he was the, the youth pastor there at a church. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess there was some weird wiring or, or lines or something and it ended up sparking a fire in paradise and the whole town burned to the crisp. Um, about almost a hundred people died. Like it was oh like crazy situation, like crazy, crazy. Um, I remember that morning, like I had a doctor's appointment that day in Chica, which is a town like right by paradise. And, um, I remember my mom's texting me, there's a fire in the area. I'm like, mom, there's always a fire in the area. Like it wasn't a big, (laughs) I wasn't even worried whatsoever. Yeah. And like, I see people are like packing up their cars and I'm like, this is like super dramatic is what that's honestly what I thought. I'm like, why is everybody overreacting? This is crazy. So, um, I ended up getting down to Chico made it okay. And all of a sudden I realized like it's getting out of control. It was this whole ordeal and, uh, people are getting trapped up there. My brother's calling me like crying and like, dude, like we barely made it out. Like it was just like, I did the, so there's a fire map that shows you like where the fire went at what times and stuff. Yeah. I was up till about three thirty four AM that night. I just couldn't sleep. And I had a doctor's appointment at 9 AM. So literally if I would have been there at 11 o'clock, that's when the fire hit my place. So I would have been gone like hundred percent dead. Wow. Uh, Anyway, so um, I went to Chico, ended up moving in with my dad, and then a friend of mine uh, named Tom Beaupre, he, he plays uh, bass in FGL, and he's just a really good guy, and I, I've known him when I used to live here. Yeah. And uh, he reached out to Collarbrand Guitars. They sent me a guitar, and um, I was just like, oh my gosh, because like, I lost my guitars. I lost yeah. everything I had, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't even have insurance, like, like renter's insurance, so yeah. everything was gone. So I ended up writing a song about Paradise, and I put it up on Facebook, and ended up touching some people like they were just like, Oh my gosh, like this, we're really connecting to this. It was kind of a, like a positive anthem kind of a, kind of a song. And before you knew it, I mean, it was like a month later I got asked to open up for Pitbull, like Mr. Worldwide yeah, and uh, ex ambassadors and arena. And I ended up doing that. And I'm like, I'm just like some fat guy. Like, like I was just working at a, you know, church, like what's going on here, you know? (laughs) And then it was like, I was doing all these interviews about the fire and stuff. And, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it kind of, that's kind of what started it and then started writing songs again and uh, playing more and more shows. I started flying back and forth from Nashville to California and started working with a guy named Joel Briere um, who's been producing my stuff. And then nice. I put out, this is kind of like the short version sort of, but um, I ended up putting out an EP and it, it did okay. You know, I got a couple hundred thousand streams. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy, which is awesome. I mean, like, you know, with, with no, you know, no label or anything like that. Right. And then um, my dad ended up selling the house that I was staying in, that we were all staying in. 
and it was kind of a little bit abrupt. It was kind of like, son, so uh, putting the house up for sale. Um, I'm like, cool, man. Um, so when do we need to go? Yeah, it looks like Friday. You know, I'm like, it is Wednesday. Uh, cool. So, yeah. <laughs> so here we go. So I pretty much, I mean, he, I had a little bit of a warning, but it just, I kind of pretty much had to like figure it out. So I left and I called, I decided Nashville, I need to be in Nashville. I feel yeah. like living in California is not hurting me, but it's hindering me, you know? So yeah. uh, I found a lease that would start in Nashville in July, but this was about a month and a half before that. So I'm like, I've got a month to figure out what am I going to do? So I just drove all over America and like, I stayed in rest stops and like I camped in Colorado for a week and a half and yeah. went to this random town called Hayes, Kansas. I don't know if you've ever been to Hayes, Kansas, no. but you, you need to go to Hayes, Kansas. Um, it's a vibe. Uh, I stayed at what they call the Roach Motel. I, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, it was a whole thing and um, <laughs> it's a whole, whole situation. But, um, but yeah, basically I moved out here and then um, just got really, really lucky. Um, I, I put, that song wildfire it had already been out for a while, but I put it up on, on TikTok and it seemed to react really good there. And then, um, I noticed my streaming numbers started going up and then I'm meeting with chief and Simon at core and I'm kind of jumping a little bit ahead here, but no, yeah. started meeting with them. And, and, and then I was getting labels that were reaching out. I'm like, what do I do about this? You know? And they're like, just tell them we're managing you. So you don't say anything stupid you know? yeah. <laughs> or whatever they say. Anything yeah. stupid. <laughs> like, all right. All right, cool. So we ended up kind of just, it was a really natural relationship with them. And, um, and then I, I got introduced to Maya and, and Rusty over at Sony and um, it, they're willing to, to give me a shot over there for a pub deal. And so we, I signed over there after that. And uh, it was really crazy because the day I signed with Sony ATV, I had 14 bucks in my account and I was about four pants behind on my car. I had I didn't have money oh for gosh. rent. I was just kind of going on faith a little bit because my friends had all done a GoFundMe to get me to Nashville. Yeah. And uh, that, that got me there and stuff. Um, but then it was like, okay, now I got to figure out what I'm going to do here. And I don't want to stop because I'm getting all these rights and all these meetings are happening, but I'm making no money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I signed with them and I'm like, thank God. So <laughs> literally that day I'm like, cool, save my car. <laughs> let's, let's do it. You know, it was just like a whole thing. And uh, since then it's been like, um, you know, I put out a single um, and Spotify and Apple have been really good to us and yeah. they've been kind of really championing it and did a music video for it and uh, doing a new single soon and stuff. So Heck it's yeah. just really exciting, man. So let's talk about that single under my skin. Yeah. man. That's a, it's a powerful song too. Um, I mean, wildfire of course is a, a, a different kind of thing, but um, I think under my skin sounds like a mix of like mainstream country and like your, your specific voice. Um, one of the things like when I'm talking with artists or that when I'm like looking at artists that I like that I think makes an artist is an artist that has a voice that when you hear it, you absolutely know who it is and you have one of those voices. Oh man. my gosh. Yeah. Dude. So wow. it's a powerful voice and it's one that when, if someone knows what you sound like, as soon as they hear you, they're going to know that it's Nate Smith. You know what oh. I mean? Like <laughs> it's a, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to hear and to get to see folks that are doing it and, We've talked, uh, I actually was at, at Whiskey Jam last night. We were just talking about the 10th anniversary of Whiskey Jam and Nate was going to come, but didn't, <laughs> didn't quite make it. Didn't make it. I did, but I barely got in and I was there an hour before show starts. So. Gosh, man. But, yeah, it was great. And uh, we, I was talking with someone there about you and they're like, man, Nate's voice is great. I'm like, yeah, I know. What? I was come like, on. I swear to God. Yeah. Oh, man. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm doing a podcast with them tomorrow. They're like, oh, no way. I'm oh, <laughs> like, gosh. yeah, man. So I'm stoked to be here with you, dude. No, um, I'm stoked. This is like, honestly, like I was just telling you right before we got on, like, like Ray's Rowdy is a big deal. Like, I, like I know, I know you're like super humble and stuff, but honestly, as up and coming kind of folk and, and everybody coming in, it's kind of like, 
oh my gosh you know what i mean it's like a really it's a huge honor like for me to be on this dude um that's, truly so i'm glad to be here man dude I mean, yeah that's crazy to me to hear just knowing how, how, it is. how little money that i make yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you dude you ask any 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 country folk you know or artists that's that's coming up or whatever trying to they all know about Ray's rowdy dude yeah like 100 percent. Well, so. i appreciate that yeah. man that means we're doing something right the it's team big. the team is doing something right and um, I mean, you're doing stuff right too, man. So you got to town. You said you're still working with the same producer that you were before. Yeah. Yeah. So Joel, uh, he was in the band thousand foot crutch. I don't know if you know Christian rock, yeah, but the stuff, but they had this, you should look up the song rock fist. Uh, okay. throw up your rock fist. Anyways, <laughs> uh, anyways, he's just a, he's a great guy, man. And he produced wildfire and that whole EP. And then he did under my skin. And, um, what, which was cool about Joel was like, we, we kind of decided before we, we cut that song and a few others in this, this new batch. It was like, like wildfire, like I, I'm really proud of how that song's done, like truly, truly. And like, it's something that I, I hope is always part of my story and I'll always, yeah. you know, play it out and that kind of thing. But like, I definitely like wanted to play it safe on that first one. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, okay, now what could separate me from like all the other country singers, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. And kind of thought about like my true influences and, and, and all that. And then also lyrically, like how real do I want to get and stuff and and I want to get really real, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of where we're at with, with music now is like just getting as raw as possible. And I think like my goal is like not to be like, you know, it'd be good to, to make good money doing this and, and all that fame and all that whatever stuff and all that. But for me, it's like my goal is to just be the most vulnerable country artist yeah. out there. Yeah. That's kind of my goal. If there's any goal, that's it to be vulnerable. Yeah. And, I think if you let, and, and sometimes guys don't like to do stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm one of the people that kind of wears my heart on my sleeve, yeah. you know, and yeah. uh, sometimes it does me dirty and, you know, but most of the time it ends up working out. Right. And, um, when you speak to someone straightforward and you tell them what you're actually thinking, it usually goes well. Yeah. Um, it might not in the short term, but in the long term, <laughs> it usually does. They'll respect you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you're talking about music, specifically country music, that's a great way to do it. Right. If you think about a lot of the timeless classic country songs are the most venerable. You know what I mean? Like songs like George Jones, She Stopped Loving Me Today. There you go. You yeah. yeah. Like probably one of the most venerable songs of all time. Yeah. And one of the most powerful, you know? And even songs that don't have that kind of national claim. Like for me, there's a song that Kaylin Garner put out that he wrote with Chris Harris called Tomorrow. Okay. And it's one of those songs where it's just like if you don't have if you don't have a tear in your eye at the end of it if you're paying attention you're you're not you know listening to it right and those songs man they stick with you for a long time dude I I think it's weird it's sad that there's a stigma you know there's lots of stigmas out there but like yeah. it's sad that there's a stigma that like a guy can't be vulnerable and transparent and like emotional and like it's like it's ridiculous to me yeah. you know and I think I I want my songs to be songs where they're like, gosh, I guess it is okay to say that as a guy. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. truly, like it's all right to admit that you're hurt, you know, or, yeah. or whatever it is or that you need somebody, you know, cause yeah. I don't know what it is why we're, we, some of us have been raised to just like, you got to stuff your feelings, you know, and all this, but yeah, that's not me. It's, it's a strange thing. And I mean, it's definitely in our culture, right? Yeah. So not just, not just, you know, in country music, but in male culture in general, I think, uh, 
like, dude, I have a lot of female friends and a lot mm-hmm. of people are like, I don't understand how you can have that many female friends. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's Why? 50% of the population, you know? <laughs> what does that even have anything to do with anything? Yeah. Right? It's just, it's just culturally, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's hard for someone to understand that you can have someone that, you know, you're, is a sexually attractive person, but you're not trying to have sex with, you know what I right. mean? Like, it's a weird thing. And then it's just culturally like that. Right. I feel like that's because of how we were raised. That's because of the stuff we've seen on TV over the years or that, you know, other generations have kind of taught us without teaching us, you know? Yeah. And I think as we keep growing and as the world keeps going, those, those norms will change. I mean, they have changed. If you talk about like when our parents were kids to now, the amount of things that are different, it's crazy, you know, culturally, like, male and female roles, women in the workplace, you know what I mean? Things like that. Yep. So I think if you're talking about that stuff, the more mainstream content that you have that talks about those things being okay, specifically if they're done right in a format that's easily consumable, like, like a great song, like that's going to help more people in the world. I think so, man. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I just, I think it's important. I think it's really important to be vulnerable as men. I think, you know, it's just, it's just the right way to go. Yeah. I and I mean, listen, dude, I like, I like drinking songs and I like vulnerable songs. Right? Yeah. I true. Think, that's true too. I think there's yes. like a place for both. For both. You know? Yeah. So that's I don't, good. I don't think that there's like, if you're talking about things that are societal norms and that's who, and that's what you're feeling at that time, or that's how that song goes, that there's a negative to that. Either. Mm-hmm. But again, I think doing what's true to you. That's what I guess I'm trying to say. It's not right for everybody. Right. Yeah. But doing what's true to you is important, man. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's when people are going to relate to it. You know, they'll be able to see if you're giving lines of BS. And I got great management. They, they, they're really good at identifying that in a song. So when I send them in something, I might be pretty fired up about it. They might be like, this is a good song, but anybody could sing this song. Yeah. Right. And they're like, where's, where's the heart we're looking for that, that, that that thing that you, you know? And so like, that's something that we're always pushing for. They, they, they can sniff it out pretty well, you know, yeah. right away. Like Nate, that's not, that's not transparent enough there. We're like, you could yeah. have been a little more deep on that line. And they really pushed me to do that. That's cool. Who have you been uh, writing with? Like, gosh, everybody, dude, yeah. it's been so, I can't believe it. Like, like, it's like it, it blows my mind like every day. I'm like, are you serious? Like today, um, like today was with Emily Wiseband. Who's, oh, and she's dude, she's yeah, so good, man. Like, great. Like I love all of her stuff and like she's managed by Chief and Simon. So oh, we have awesome. the same management, so that helps. Yeah. Um, but Chris Stevens and and Tim Nichols were oh, there yeah. too. So wow. it was pretty rad. I mean, I, and I really like writing with all of them. Like it's yeah. just been amazing. So I've been writing a lot with them. And then honestly, like Paul Sykes has been incredible. Like, like just so many I could name so many people I've been writing with that I love writing with already. But yeah, a lot of my best songs are with my folks that like I I've kind of come up with a little bit, yeah. you know? That like happens a Mary lot. Cutter and yeah. and Brian Alexander and Noah Lubert and Chris Sly and yeah. like that group and Paul Rock, um, yeah. you know, it's been, it's been cool working with them and continuing through because they, they allow me to really truly be myself in a lot of ways too. And not that any of the other ones don't, but just, there's just a level of like comfortability there, yeah. you know, of like trial and error and like screwing up, like some of the rights I get into, I'm like nervous to show the mess ups as yeah. much as I would with them maybe, you know? Yeah. yeah. So if yeah. someone knows who you are, they can help tell your story too. Yeah. You know, maybe, yes. maybe even in a way that you aren't attuned to, you yeah. know, cause yeah. it's a lot easier to be on the outside looking in than it is to be on the inside. Right. Mm-hmm. And the great songs are the ones where it feels like it's coming from the inside. But I think if you have people that know you well and mm-hmm. that 
really understand who you are as a person that can help you express that. Right. Yeah. It can help a Nate Smith song be more of a Nate Smith song. You know what I mean? What is a Nate Smith song? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's exactly it. And I'm sure that's changing every day. Mm -hmm. Right. But at the end of the day, when you get it, it sounds like, you know, you got it. Yes. You know what I mean? I mean, and like once you put out your record, that second record will be easier for people to write for you. That's right. kind of what you're saying. Sort Absolutely. Of. Yeah. If you, if you have a, basically a 10 song testament of what you just, what, who you are, then someone can help take that story and get little more pieces of it. That's cool. I'm trying to figure out, you know, the challenge honestly is like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I tend to drift towards the ballads and like the, the get you in the heart kind of songs, you know, and stuff. Yeah. But I feel like the, the, the trick is like those up tempos doing it in a way where it's like, super genuine still and yeah. real, but still up tempo and feel good Yeah, without being cheesy. Like, yeah. So it's like this weird thing. Like, I don't know. It's, it's tough. You know, I think you kind of need that for a live set too, right? You so have to, yeah. when you're playing out, if you're singing all sad songs, you're not in a listening room. Like you're, there's going to be some people that absolutely love it. Right. Yeah. But you have to, there's a certain way to do that. But usually to do it, you have to bring them back up and then take them back down. Yeah. You know, so. Build them yeah. up and break them down. Build Dude, them that's exactly <laughs> it. Build, build those blocks up and then knock it all down at once. With yeah. That, with that heartbreaker. Yeah. You know? But I think that's as you get more songs and as you get deeper into doing it, you'll have those levels. Right? Yeah. Like if, if you're talking about Eric Church, right, that's exactly how he does it. There's the highest highs and the lowest lows, you know, and that's he'll rip your heart out with one song and then come back and rock your face off with the next. And that's what makes him the chief. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, totally. that's, that's what makes him, you know, one of the greatest entertainers, you know? Um, but he's also had what six albums to do it on, you know, he's got some material. You yeah. Know? You yeah. know, so he has, he can build his show from that. So that gets a lot easier than when you're putting out your first album, you know, you have to figure out how to do that and that, you know, half hour set, maybe totally. 15 minute set, who knows, you know, depending on what you're at. But it's uh, it's cool to see you grow, man, and get to see you out. So now that I'm here in Nashville, I get to see you out playing writers rounds in town. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange time because like so everywhere in the world is shut down, but in Nashville, the the restrictions are still allowing for live music to be played. It's just everybody's at a table. So now, almost more than ever, there's more people in town right now than most times that's true so probably. if you think about yeah. it like of course there's people that for whatever reasons you know they have you know health problems or they haven't you know had anything yet or or they're have family at home things like that where they're not playing but there's a lot of folks that will be on the road full time that are not on the road right now and they're playing in town so like they're here as a music fan me like mm -hmm. i'm like man I, this this is like a crazy spec moment in time to get to see all these artists that are on the rise that if 2020 would have happened the way 2020 should have happened that would have been on the road maybe 250 Already. dates yeah yeah you know and so now we're getting to see folks that are still able to play writers rounds you know and i can go out on a tuesday and catch a glimpse of someone really freaking special dude you know and I know it sucks for all the artists cause you're not out there making money, right? And you're not out there gaining more fans, but like as a consumer myself, it's a really special time for me to like, dude, to move here. It's been crazy. Like to get to see all the amazing acts that I've gotten to see in the limited time that I have. It's, it's been a blessing for me. I know it's not for the majority of folks around the country, but it's, uh, it's crazy to think about 
how fast things are going to start moving when it does come back. You know, you really hope so, man. Um, you know, and I'm just, I'm grateful for this time because I'm able to write songs with folks because some of these writers go out with the artists, right? So I might not even be able to write with them. But then again, that was kind of in the context of Zooms were kind of like, uh, we don't want to FaceTime, right? Like yeah. like nobody really did that as much. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they did, but like it probably wasn't as big of a thing as it is now. Right. Now it's pretty much acceptable and yeah. it probably will some, be something that absolutely continues. Yeah, I like, think so too. I don't see that going away. No, and, and it, as an option. It's part of comfortability, right? So like, again, I think... So if you're meeting someone for the first time, maybe you might not have a good Zoom right. But yeah. if, again, if it's like someone that you've wrote with before mm-hmm. and you know how mm. they write, you know what I mean? Like you already have a vibe with them. Yeah. You can keep that vibe going via a video call where you might not be able to sometimes with new writers. But you're exactly right, man. The amount of people that are now working with the technology that we have available that was there all the time. Like I know I talked to guys like, Noah Hicks, who's in town, who yeah. we've gotten to hang out with before. Nice kid. Yeah. Before he moved to town, he would write via FaceTime with like Dylan Marlowe and those guys. Oh, okay. So like that really younger generation was doing, doing some that. of that. Yeah. Yeah. They were used to that screen time, right? They were getting gotcha. their, uh, their songs that way. Now that's taken that to a wider audience. We're so, all on board. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. someone that's, uh, you know, been doing writing for 10 years as opposed to four now is having the option to do that and it's it's working for them they're seeing some success with it so they're willing to do it more yeah you're always gonna have people that are like oh i don't like to do that right and that's fine if you don't like to do that you'll find other people that will write with you face to face you know or you can always solo write you know (laughs) but it gives options to get in the room virtual with more folks you know dude totally i mean i i personally and because i'm a little old school i i I like the in the room thing but i'll tell you what man i've gotten some great songs I feel like that are great. You know, yeah. it doesn't mean that they are, but I feel that way. Like yeah. that have happened on zooms. You yeah. know what I mean? So it doesn't, I mean, if the songs come out great, you know, dude, that's what it's about, man. It's about great songs and, um, a good idea and good melodies or a good idea and good melodies, whether yeah. you're talking about them on a video screen or in a room, you know, um, it's the detail work that gets you there. Right. So as long as you're getting that detail work done via video dude. call, which I think you can, you yeah. know, it's just, again, it's like flexing a little bit of a different muscle. You know, it's not exactly the same as the way you would maybe do it in a room. So maybe it's expanding it, just a little bit. Exactly. It's another tool yeah. in the tool belt. Totally. Yeah. Um, so I know you talked about like TikTok and how you gained some traction on there. Yeah. Is there anything specific you did on there to, to like help, you know, or to do that? Or did it just kind of just putting yourself out there and it started, started working. Yeah. I just, uh, so I was kind of not really not into the whole TikTok thing, you know? Yeah. And I had a, a friend of mine that's got a pretty good following on there and he's like, you ought to really look into this. And I'm just like, I don't know, you know, but I tried it. I just put my song that was already on the sound thing they have on there that you can choose for sound. Yeah. Wildfire was on there. So I just literally lip synced the chorus and just said like, um, a buddy of mine was like, he was like, Hey, just put like weight on the text, you know, yeah. in the video. So people will stop what they're doing when they're scrolling. And I just put weight. Here's my new song wildfire. It wasn't new, but like, mm-hmm. I, you know, my, no, new to them, you know, right. Um, and put it on there and then it got 2 million views and so within a, a week or so. Um, and I was like, that's really cool that I got views. But what was cooler to me was that it actually translated into real fans. Yes. You know, like that's what was super sweet about it is cause like, TikTok, whatever is, is, but it's just like the, the, the results are incredible. Yeah. Like, you know, so the, the way it's working for people in the music world is crazy. 
And totally. uh, we've gotten to talk with some other folks that have had success as well. Um, some like buddies with Trey Lewis that yeah. had the big success. We did a podcast with Lily Rose that has okay. her song villain that d- has done really well on yeah. TikTok, And we've been fans of Priscilla block and talking to her for, for a while sure. since before that happened. And even like Hannah Dasher, who's her music's done well now, but it started with like that stand by your pants stuff, Man. you know? So it's crazy to think about how that platform has given so much to so many artists, like in the last year, you know what I mean? It's wild how fast that has kind of taken off and become the music discovery platform, you know? And I think the next, the next step of it with, with TikTok is, is, is just, I think for me, it's like where, where I'm kind of starting to be aware of is like not just putting songs on there, but really letting fans into the creative process. Yeah. I think that's going to be the, the, the thing that really like makes it set apart, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. I always had, I had this idea of like, uh, we've been talking about it for a while. It's just, I don't know how exactly to make it consumable, but like a fly on the wall series. Yeah. So like kind of in the writer's room. Yeah. So like imagine if you were a fly on the wall in the writer's room, watching a song get made. So go from like, Hey, I have this idea. I have this idea. I have this idea. Uh, I don't like that. Or, Oh, what if we do that this way? I love that. But how can we make that consumable? Right. Mm -hmm. Specifically TikTok, That would be an interesting thing because such a short format. You know, like we thought about clipping video and like doing highlights for it, but I couldn't figure out a way to make that work, you know, but if you could figure out a way to let someone into the writing room, I've got some ideas. Yeah. Got some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, that would be amazing. Kind of, kind of got some plans I'm making with that. So that's when I say like letting people into the creative process, like that's exactly, that's exactly what I want to do. Yeah. Like, I think that's, that's great. Super key, you know? And I think that's going to open up fans from being like you said like just like passing by to like oh man like i'm really into this like i'm invested in this now you know everything's a story yeah right and it is I think and everything's that's how the songs a story. work mm-hmm. but it's the story of the story exactly it's yeah. a dream within a dream yeah we're <laughs> so. in the freaking matrix or something here yeah <laughs> <laughs> but really though yeah you know what i mean it's it's i think that's super cool and that's yeah, I don't know if anybody's doing that now. Maybe we shouldn't give them this information. Yeah, we'll just we'll just stop right there. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. I'm trying. We got some plans, but I'm trying not to. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna go get us two more beers. I'll I would be right love back. that. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're back, uh, and I just got us a bearded iris. Ditto. Come on. Bearded iris is here in Nashville. Dank IPAs, and this one's like one of the ones that is a little fruited. Um, dude, thank stuff. you for sharing that. I love bearded iris, dude. Yeah, they're great uh, stuff. I love their cheap of chiefs. Have you had that one? The I DBA cheap of chiefs. Oh, it's no. fucking so very good. good. <laughs> I love their home style. That's the one that's like everywhere down Staple. here. Staple. Yeah, if you're in Nashville and you like good hazy IPAs, home style is the one that you could probably find most places. Bearded iris is good. I can stuff. already smell that strawberry. Yeah, dude. It has. It's definitely a fruity one. Oh my gosh. Ugh. But. Yeah, after I'm done uh, mm. hanging with you, I got to do the radio show tonight, so I'm just gonna have a little buzz down it. You know, it you know, what it's it all is. right. It's yeah. all right. That's on brand with Rage Rowdy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and country music as a whole. You know, yes, we're, we're yeah. typically all right with it. We we are an alcohol drinking people. You know what's you terrible know? is as we're trying to do this talk thing, I yeah. keep like wanting to burp, and I'm like, crap. Like I don't want to yeah. like do it right in, in the, the mic. mic. Yeah. So like I, I turn it. Away. Yeah. <laughs> It's like getting me every time. I'm like, dang it. Dude, when I'm doing a radio show, I like breathe too heavy because I'm not 
good on the microphone. And so like, I will, <laughs> I'll <would> just, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> and I'll just take all of those out. So like it almost sounds like I'm speed reading whenever I'm talking on the radio. So you do little, I take the little oh my things God. out. I like just remove that little gasp of air from it. Let me know how heavy of a breather I am too, because yeah. I know that I'm out of breath tying my shoes. So yeah. I can't imagine sitting here talking. You know. Oh man, I'm I'm the same way. I'm. Uh, I need to get healthy. Well, people, dude. I I, I told uh, I just told my one friend I was like, all right, after January, once everybody else leaves the gym, then I'm going back. <laughs> January has not been good for the gym. For Everyone's me. there. That's what. So they're looking at you know. It's like yeah. January is when everybody goes back, and then by about February they're they're back to not going again. So yeah. that's when I'm gonna go back. <laughs> I was like, I take my break in January when everybody else goes. Gosh. But man, that's how I got COVID. Was going to the gym with two of my buddies in my really? buddy's basement. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Trying so, to do the right thing and you get sick. You know. Dude, that's it. Like trying to be healthy and I get unhealthy. That's how it works, right? That was 2020 in a freaking can. Dude, you know, <laughs> this but, beer's so good. This beer's good. Yeah, it's I like, uh, I like the artwork on it. Ditto. Yeah, it's cool. Ditto. Ditto. It's a uh, Syrian wolf, strawberry, hops. mango, Syrian wolf. Yeah, let's go. So this is eight point two. Yet there is no booze to be found. No, like, yeah, it just it's tastes smooth. Great. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, so I have like, I don't have them here because. Every time I come down, I don't have enough room for everything. Yeah. And the last time I came down, I brought all of these boxes of merch, and that's literally like all that fit in there. But I have like a pretty good Imperial Stout collection. I probably have like yeah. 40 bottles. There's a company up in Pittsburgh called Voodoo that has like nationally renowned bottles. Okay. And then the guy that owns Rage Rowdy with me, Jacob, we call him the Phantom of the Opry because nobody knows who he is. He like hides. <laughs> he <laughs> stays away. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, he's Jacob. Like, he's behind the scenes. <laughs> nice to meet you, Jacob, bud. Jacob will be hearing this as he edits okay. it. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but uh, I have him at his house. So, like, I was like, oh. dude, is it cool if I, like, leave these bottles here? If you need to, like, nerd trade any of them for other bottles, like, you're totally cool to do that. <laughs> and when friends come over, is he just like, oh, I'm holding it for a friend? Yeah. You know, it's one of the, <laughs> the classic. <laughs> I could trade you this, but it's my buddies. So, I, you got to give me a really good deal. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally how it was growing up, though. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> but uh, for me, beer is a social thing, right? So, oh, absolutely. Like, I'm going to make you sign that kegerator before you leave, too. I would love to sign the kegerator. Yeah. I have all the artists that come over and do the podcast here sign the kegerator. Come on. That's like my wall of fame. Let's go. Yeah, dude. Um, so I got that kegerator, and it was signed by Frankie Ballard when I got it. Oh, my god. They gave it away at like a concert, and the lady that won it then sold it on Craigslist, and I found it on Craigslist. I was like, wait. I remember when they gave this away at the Frankie Ballard show. She's trying to make a quick buck. <laughs> well, no, it was like a year later. <laughs> okay. She was just like, I, I never even fear. used it. Yeah. yeah. Oh She's like, I won this and never used it. So I had like a brand new kegerator, literally never had the top on it. What's on tap? Uh, right now, nothing. Cause we drink too much here. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I usually put like Dos Paris or something on that's like eat, eat a crowd pleaser. Everybody likes it. Yeah. I don't want to get like, you know, bearded Iris or something. It'd be dope. But like. It'd be, you know, 200 bucks for a six lit. And then someone would come over and just drink it because it was here and want, yeah. like, appreciate okay. what it was. I get it. You know what I mean? Well, this is, like, thinking far into the future. But if I ever have the opportunity to, like, be able to tour with a bus and all yeah. that crazy stuff, like... I want to make sure that there's Parrish yeah. Ghost of the Machine on top. I would, that would be, that's like, now I've made it. You yeah, know what I mean? You're like, here we are. Like, that would be they're, insane. They're dude. sending me kegs. Yeah, dude, that was such a clean beer. It Wasn't was it good? Just clean, super good. delicious. Yeah, man, there's, that's the cool part about beer now is that there's so many good beers. 
in so many parts of the country, right? Like mm-hmm. I remember I used to get beers imported from California. Uh, no, I didn't. I'm just kidding. Cause it's illegal to do that. Oh, right. right, right. Of course. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but dude, I'd have like friends from like San Jose area. Send me like Pliny and stuff. No, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, they didn't. But, but, uh, and then like, once it got Pliny. to a point, dude, so good. One, it is good. one of the best West Coast IPAs of all time. Like Classic. we we went out there for a family reunion, and we, me and my brother Steve, toured wine country for beer. You know, like we went up to Santa Rosa, and like I lived there for about a year. Almost dude, in Santa beautiful. And just drink right from the teat. You oh, know, yeah. right from the teat. <laughs> Such a good area. So we went to like Bear Republic, and we yeah. went to, um, you know, there we went to, um. Oh gosh, what's the other one that's like the really big weed brewery that got like shut down for a year? Oh. Lagunitas. Got, yeah, Lagunitas. Yeah, dude. yeah. <laughs> they got like shut down for a year because yep. they had too much weed on site. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> but we went out there, so we had a family reunion, and we were out. And uh, our I don't know, maybe second cousin or third <laughs> cousin has like a comedy place, uh, Tommy T's Comedy Shop. Okay. And so we we went out there, and then we did like the family reunion thing, and then me and my brother Steve and my cousin Richard just like went up to Wine Country, and they're like, "Oh, you guys are going to Wine Country? That's cool!" And we're like, "Yeah, we're going to find a breweries." <laughs> we went to one winery and like five breweries. Gosh, <laughs> and dude, I, I mean, I remember that trip forever. We had such a great time. I love know? that area, man. I that, oh, it's beautiful. There's, you know, I I do miss California for the yeah. beer for sure, man. Beer weather's great. Weather's great. Yeah, and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <it> at that. <laughs> yeah. Taxes yeah. are a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They are. Yeah. Yeah. But man, it's, I, I have nothing but fond memories of California. Every time totally. I've been out there, I had a good time. We used to have family that lived in Pleasanton okay. around San Fran, like, you know, the suburbs area and, um, just beautiful out there, man. Um, I haven't been all over, but I've been mostly through that area and then up through, you know, like I said, wine country and Man, it's a that seems like it'd be a great place to live, Santa Rosa. Dude, it's so just a gorgeous. nice, cool little town, beautiful. You bitch when it's like eighty out. You're like, dude, it is hot. <laughs> it is hot, eighty degrees and no breeze. Yeah, zero humidity. This sucks. You come here, it's like sixty four and you're sweating. Yeah, you're man. Like, What's going on? Nashville. You know, before I moved here, of course, like I, we would come down for CMA Fest every year. Yeah, and so we'd come down every year just when I was a fan. You know, just me and my crew of boys, like. We got the first time we came, we had a one bedroom Airbnb and there were seven of us in it, you know, and like that place just smelled like farts and bad decisions. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> like we couldn't do any, I don't even know what they did when we left. It had to just smell bad for like a full week. Yeah. But, um, we're just country music fans, you know? So we would come down for CMA fest and, uh, when we would come down, I would just go to as many things as I could. And I ha- always had this plan in my head of what I was going to see, but never went to see all of those things, of course. Um, because they're all like back to back to back to back to back. But everything that I ended up seeing, like the first time I saw Luke Combs was at a stage at CMA Fest when I wasn't planning to see Luke Combs. Oh. Yeah. It just happened. I was there to see Drake White and Luke Combs was on before, so we went there early. You know? That's so awesome. like, And then I was like, who the hell is this guy? And it's like... So I wasn't like one of those you guys that was like, I was shook. Like, dude. This and then I was so good. So good. And then I went back and found all of his catalog. Okay. So I don't think there's any other place like that or any festival like CMA Fest where it's just like everyone that's on that bill is dynamite. You could go to any side stage, you know, from the smallest one to the biggest one and hear great music. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's cool that that happens. And man, I hope it happens this year. 
I don't know if it will, but I hope man, so. I hope so. Yeah, let's let's all get that vaccine. I'll take one right now. I'm down. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. I'll take know? a microchip as long as I can go into the middle of the field in Ohio and drink with thirty thousand of my yes. best friends, dude. Yes. Like I will go. I don't care what they do to me. That sounds terrible, but yeah. <laughs> I get why people are like, ah, but you know, I think I think it's the I think it's a good. We just need to do it, probably. You know, yeah, just do it. It's a uh, man. I. I I don't want to tell anyone what to do or what not to do. Right. Totally. But yeah. For me, uh, I'm ready to get back to normal life and I know everyone is right. Yeah. And I'm ready to get back. I just posted on my Facebook, like from 2019, I had this list of concerts that I went to in a row, right? Like two in multiple, like two different shows in the same weekend, multiple weekends in a row, like, basically 15 concerts throughout like a two and a half hour driving radius that I went to from January to March mm. of 2019. And that was my life, man. Like that's yeah. who I was as a person was going to concerts. So like not having that's been so hard for me. And I mean, I'm fulfilled now being down here, getting to see as much music as I do, but everyone else in the country is not everyone that was like me, everyone else that's in my crew that is in a different part of the country is, like not being fulfilled. And I know you as a musician, right? Like you yeah. want to be on the road. Bad. You want to be making yeah. new yeah. fans. You want to be connecting with people. You want your songs to be helping folks. Yep. And it's a, it's a terrible thing to be in a world where that's not happening right now. You know? Absolutely. I mean, if that's, if that's, if that's what helps make it happen, you know, it's kind of like, let's yeah. just be safe, you know? Yeah. And- yeah. It's a strange place in time. But I think some of the best songs and some of the songs like you talked about that are really heartfelt, that show the inners of who you are and, you know, hopefully become timeless are going to be songs that were created in this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Hardship and trauma creates good art. It's it happened throughout time. Yeah. You know. So, and there's been times that are worse than what we're going through right now, for sure. You know, mm-hmm. but there's been a lot of times that have been better too. <laughs> That's true. But, too. uh, but I think in the long run, the things that come out of this and the people that shine got brightened during this time are going to help. And it's crazy. Like, like we talked about with TikTok. if it wasn't for this quarantine, the magic of TikTok might not have happened. Dude, honestly though, you know, honestly, it might not have happened. And that's what's happening in country music right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it's kind of been happening, right? From like Old Town Road and like before that. But like literally it's breaking artists. It's getting people record deals. It's getting mm-hmm. songs to have 4,500 independent purchases before it comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's getting a song to come out and all of your other catalog gets more streams because of it. It's changing lives. Um and it's cool to see that happening in a time when there's so much bad in the world and there's so many people that are hurting, but the positive that's coming out of it, I think is going to, in the end, when you look back, you'll be thinking about all of that stuff, like the positives that are coming out of the world. Definitely. Definitely. And I think like with the whole TikTok thing, just one more thing about that is I think like we're, that's probably my, my biggest following is probably on TikTok, you know, yeah. I'd say. Um, but like, we're really big on making sure that we're using every single platform, you know, like right. I'm doing stuff specific for Instagram only yep. specific only for Facebook specific only for TikTok, and even Snapchat starting to look into that with their spotlight thing. Yeah. 
it's important that you look at all these different things and realize they're all a little bit different, but they yeah. can all kind of work together sort of in a way, yeah. you know? So we're trying to use them all. There I go. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things too. So like if you take that TikTok following and you can turn that into an Instagram following, mm-hmm. right? If you do it right. Yeah. And that's the cool part about like, like you're talking about having a team around you now, right? As opposed to just like doing things yourself or just you and a producer, you know, like it's having a team around you can help you figure those things out. They're right? really good about it, man. Like yeah. always reminding me. Yeah. Today we should probably post on this or that, you know, yeah. and just otherwise it could be two weeks and I don't post anything, you know? Yeah, man. And I think that's a, a piece that people don't think about or, or at least forget about is, you know, it takes a, it takes a town to raise a child. It takes a team to make an artist work really, it you know, really in the does. modern day it really it does. does. You have to surround yourself in your life with good people, right? Whether that's in your community, your friendship group. But as an artist, you need to surround yourself by people that A, have your best interests in mind, B, are as motivated as you are, and C, are talented. Yep. Right? And it sounds like you got that, man, you know? And it's it's cool to be in a spot where where that's moving forward. Dude, it's killer. I'm so thankful. Like, honestly, like, Chief and Simon have just been so good to me. And we've got some other people that work for us now and, like, incredibly talented like they're just they're so good at what they do and they're like i'm glad that they can remember they see all my blinds you know spots and stuff and yeah it's just been great man yeah Yeah, it's it's cool to see that and get to hear some of your new songs that's another crazy piece about nashville is you know getting to be at writers rounds that's where you try stuff out you know you can see if people are are loving the songs and like i was talking to paul and I know it's his birthday party today. I know. I'm sorry for making you miss that. No, it's cool. It's cool. I, I <laughs> but, told him it was your fault. So. Yeah. <laughs> he told me. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, cancel that. I'm like, yeah, I can't really do that. By the way, yeah. he's going to love the fact that we're talking about yeah. it right now. He's going to be like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, but it's like you said, it's, it's having that crew around you, you know, it's mm-hmm. having those other people that are doing the same thing you're doing that believe in you and that you believe in too. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the best parts about Nashville is, it's not just there's talented people here. There's talented people helping other talented people. That's true. And whether it's your songwriting friends or whether it's people that end up being on your team, there's not a place that I think has a larger collection of talent ever in the musical world than has been right now in Nashville. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Specifically in a crazy time like this where not that many folks are on the road. The amount of talent and wealth of information and people that are all looking in the same direction that are in this town right now is crazy. That is mind blowing to think about it's actually crazy. for a second. Yeah. Because in a normal part of the time frame, everybody's on tour and they're all out five days of the week or four days of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, most of these people are here seven days a week, you know, wow. and that, that doesn't happen. You know, it's, it's never happened actually or, ever. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're you know, right. It's that that's never shut down like that. And there's never been a wealth of talent in one space in one freaking, I guess, County or a couple counties as has been here. You know, it's wild to think about that. It's been, it's been tough, but there's also been opportunity because of it. You know, For like sure. maybe I got that meeting that I wouldn't have gotten if yeah. they were busy with somebody else. Or, or like, you know, you know, you're, you're playing a writer's round and someone's there because they can be, cause totally. they're not, you know what I mean? Totally. Or you're making writing connections that you wouldn't normally be able to, cause they'd be on the road with a bigger star. You know, like you said, I know exactly who you're talking about too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know so, what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's crappy. And it hurts people. And there's so many people that are in peril because of it. But there's also 
a brightness in every darkness. Yeah, you know? man. And I think if we come out of 2020 and 2021, you know, <laughs> however deep we get into that, I think if we come out of it with an outlook like that, mm-hmm. that we'll make everything from there forward, we'll appreciate it more. And we'll have gas in the tank to get that motor running down the road. Yes. You know? Yes. I think that's important. I think, you know, and that's something just like about my songs. Like, I feel like I, I always want to have a little bit of hope in them. Yeah. You know, like that Absolutely. little light in the dark. I mean, I come from a church background and, you know, I believe yeah. in God and, right. and, and, and all that. So it, it's important to me. Like, I, I keep it really open to interpretation, obviously, because I believe that hope is just good, whether yes. whether it's, you know. Yeah. So, so that's kind of where I'm at is I just want people to feel like my songs might be angsty, but I want them to like go like, gosh, but I, I feel like there's something positive about that. You know, it might feel kind of like heart wrenching, but there's going to be something good, you know? I, and I think there's so much power in that, right? Like when you're, when you're dropping a song and it's dude, like think about Jason Isbell, right? Who's yeah. one of the finest songwriters of our generation. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, when he puts a song that can make you like retrospectively think about things in your past and also, like just kind of shake your head in almost sadness, but also make you smile in one song. I think that's what you strive for. You know, when you can take someone on a roller coaster, not with three songs, but with one song, that's when you hit gold. Yeah. You know? Wow. Wow. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Like the whole song has a beginning middle. Like it really truly. Yeah. And it could just be a line, right? That's really interesting. It could just be a line in the song that makes you a, a sad song that just makes you, makes you grin or makes you think about something, you know? I think some of the songs that are, and that's the difference between a good song and a great song, you know? Like, for me, someone that's a fantastic performer can take me on a roller coaster with their songs, mm-hmm. right? And with their live show. But if you can do that in one song, if you can give me two or three emotions in one song, you're changing the game, man, you know? That is so interesting. Like, think about Elephant by Jason Isbell, if right. you haven't listened right. to that. Oh, I definitely but know it, yeah. One of the saddest songs of all time. But there's two or three times in that song where you're either, like, shocked or you're, you just, like, get a little smirk on your face from something out of that sadness comes happiness, mm-hmm. you know? And if you can do that consistently in your live show or in your songs, you're going to have something. Both. Right, yeah. Absolutely, man. I never even thought about that. Yep. That's that's one of the things for me that like, you know, makes great music great music. And I think country does that better than any other genre, to be honest. You know? Yeah. I love rock music. I love rap music too. But the thing I think about country music and why it's so special and holds the deepest roots in my heart is because it can take you on a roller coaster, whether it's three songs mm. or one, but it can do it in one. And when you listen to the words, it's going to pull at your heart. And I think your music does that, man. Oh, you know, God, that, man. I think that's one of the things that you do better than most folks in town, you know? So I thank yeah. you for, <laughs> I, just, I, I mean, man, that's just, that's, that's that, thank you. Yeah. I, don't know. I, 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 for me, it's, I, don't, I have never even thought about that. Honestly, I, I just think like, it's just like, I just want to tell the truth about my story. Yeah. If it has that in that, then that's, you know? Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's like you said, man, like what TikTok's doing as crazy as the sounds being a media platform, right? Of what it is, is it's taking stuff that has value and it's taking great songs. It's taking stark emotion. It's taking great voices and it's shining light on all of those things. Hmm. Right. So 
I think with a song like or you know wildfire and like with things that are you know helping grow that gives you a platform to talk about other things that can help folks you know and about other songs that you have that now are going to be on more people's radar you know and specifically with getting playlisting now like you've said you know you you've had folks that have are now in your corner and believe in what you're doing uh it gives you that that time where you can make a statement about who you are and about the things you want to say. You know, that's, here's something interesting about what you just said. This is something that I've been thinking about and kind of chewing on, but cause I think about this when you go into a, a right, they, they usually ask you like, what do you want to say? You know what yeah. I mean? And I feel like it's important. I think there are some things I want to say, you know what I mean? But yeah. the, the other thing I'm kind of thinking too is what do they want to say? Like, yeah. what does the audience want to say? Like what, what is it that they want to say at the top of their lungs too? Yeah. Like, as long as it's true for me too. And if we can both say something that's true in my life, but they also want to say it, dude, that's awesome. Like congregational is the word I'm trying to find where we're all kind of just like on board with this, this thing, you know? Yeah. And I think that's specifically like coming from a church background. I was raised in Catholic school, Catholic church. I was an altar boy all growing up. I served daily mass as well as Sunday mass myself, you know, like, so I grew up in that world too. There's so much power in that. Yeah if you can get all the people singing the same song and looking in the same direction and you know, of course Jesus and church can make you do that, but a great song can too, man. And a great artist can as well. Totally you know? agree. And it, taking those two worlds, I think that's why gospel music and country music kind of, you know, tie so deeply together, you know, and so closely is because that same emotion, the you're committing to something comes out in both, you know, hmm. at least in my opinion. Mm. No, I totally agree with you, man. I think that's a slam dunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but man, it's been a uh, it's been awesome getting to talk to you and I know we've chatted before, but it's good to do it in a way that more folks can hear, you know. <laughs> yeah, dude. I just I'm just thankful for you having me on here. It's been like an absolute honor and just excited. Uh got another single coming out. Yes. So, uh we have any haven't... details on that? Well, it's going to be sleeve. That's yeah. going to be the song. Nice. Um we're going to release like yeah. the date that it's coming out. Pretty, awesome. pretty soon and yeah. we're doing a full music video for it heck yeah um there's gonna be a piano version heck yeah there's gonna be a live version wow. uh like we're kind of going all in on this one nice. so we're gonna give it everything we got man uh, I, I even want to do a we haven't done it yet but i want to do like a story behind the song and yeah it's basically like in a nutshell it's it's about my divorce you know that i went through it kind of tells the story of that situation but in a way where it's like basically the concept of the song is like we all have a choice to make when we go through heartbreak you know yeah. what we're going to do with that. You know, some people, they, they go through it once and they're like, I'm never doing that again. You know, yeah. and I do not blame you. Um, and then you got other people who are like in denial of the pain that they've been in and all this kind of stuff. So they sort of just like, they're just like, it's like they're high on cocaine. They're just like, Ooh, you know, just yeah. like in denial. And then but for me, it's like, I'm kind of foolish in some ways because I just, I just wear my heart on my sleeve. It's funny you said that earlier. Cause I was yeah. literally like, that's literally it. Cause that's what I've chosen to do is like, I'm just going to keep going. So I like refuse to be a victim. I refuse to be like, you know, this, I'm never, I'm never going to find true love. I, I believe that I will, man. And yeah. and like, that's kind of what the song's about. And I just hope that people, people can understand that. But there's also, it says that, but then there's also like clearly some pain that's going on, like in the bridge too. Like it, yeah. it's really emotional, you know? Heck yeah. So I'm, man, I'm never been that. so excited about a song I'm putting out, man, than this one, oh. you know, so I can't wait for it to get out. Dude, I can't wait for it too. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited for that Dude, one now, me man. Me too. I'm, 
Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, man, thank you so much for, for dropping over here. I'm gonna make you sign that kegerator. Yeah. Uh, now I know I got a good craft beer drinking buddy. We're going to have to go to beer any day if they're open. I would love to, uh, new Heights. Have you tried them? They're I haven't tried new Heights. New Heights is great. Southern grist, Southern grist. It's I haven't big. been there cause they're not open, but yes. I've had some of their beers. Oh my God. That's probably the one I go to the most. I'm on like, like the Facebook group of like the Nashville beer scene. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, I'm a nerdy. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. No dude. I, I, <laughs> I love that. I, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't just like pretend to be a nerd i'm a nerd yeah yeah <laughs> i used to play like magic the gathering like i'm a, I'm hey, a that's okay i'm a real life nerd that's like, all right when i watch tv I which harry I, potter tattoo yeah you know, so, so call me whatever you when want when i watch uh tv which i don't do a ton i watch like sci-fi and stuff you know i dig <laughs> I'm it a nerd, favorite but. show as a kid was unsolved mysteries there, i don't know dude, love unsolved robert mysteries. stack is the absolute shit the um, one of the best voices of all time isn't yeah. it though it's so haunting yeah <laughs> his voice is amazing but, but man, thanks so much for freaking bringing over Ghost in the Machine, Ghost in the Machine hey. baby. And thank you for the bearded iris, the Dude, little absolutely. strawberry bliss. So beautiful. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm going to have to try to track more of that down now. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the hardest part. It's hard to find, but now you, now you know where to, you, uh, you got a dealer now. That's no, it. Gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, like I said, thanks so much for uh, doing that. Tell everybody, you know, at, what your handles are on social media so they can follow you. Uh, yeah, on TikTok, it's Nate Smith Music. Instagram, it's just Nate Smith. So, um, and then uh, Facebook's Nate Smith, uh, Nate Smith Music as well. So, yeah. yeah. Make Mostly, sure you yeah. follow Nate and watch out for that freaking new single. I Let's can't go. wait now. Let's go, man. It's Let's coming go. really. I'll, I'll say it's coming out in February. I'll yes. say that. Let's go. So, it's coming out in yeah. February. <laughs> so, pretty excited. Well, man, like I said, thanks so much for dropping over here and being on the Ray's Rowdy podcast. Dude, anytime. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the cool thing too. We don't do like super long forums so we can check in like when you got more cool stuff going on. I love that. Come back on. And honestly, one of these days, this is, I'm just going to throw this out here. You got to get my brother on with me. Let's go. It's a, it's a whole thing. All like, right. Like, I don't know. We'll just pretty much rip into each other the whole yeah. time. If you like that, then you yeah. should have Kyle on. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you a cigar guy at all? I like a Rocky Patel. There you go. I like an Arturo Fuente. You so, know, I, I like uh, a couple things. I got a new cigar podcast that I'm starting with Matt that runs in the round. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we'll have you guys both on that. Hey, Is that's he a cigar killer. guy too? Uh, who? Who? Your brother. My brother. You know what? No, he's he's too much of a wuss. So. We'll just make him sit there and smell <laughs> our cigar smoke then. He'd be like, bro, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but man, like I said, thanks so much for being on here. Um, I actually have some crowned heads hats. I'll give you one. Sack. And and of course, there's rowdy stuff too. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's well, guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Me and Nate Smith BS about delicious beers and country music and stuff that we think makes songs great. Yeah. We appreciate you guys listening. And I'm Nikki T. And we'll see you in the front row. All the good old days. You don't have to explain it. It's just the way you are